0: Welcome to the JRD Hogcast,
1: your Razorback Podcast for fans by fans. Here's your host, Dylan Lee. Joined, as always, with his co-host, Jordan Russell, and their producer, Luke Griggs. Well, wrapped up, uh, just got done.
0: Watching the uh, women's game. That, uh
1: two bad back-to-back nights there in
0: basketball. Yeah, not, not a good stretch for the basketball programs. Um, felt a lot of the same in terms of how the games went for us, getting completely out-rebound, next level getting out-rebound, being the smaller team on the court, but that's something that we will see basically on both sides. All year and have all year.
1: Well, we can uh work it in the order in which the games were played yeah. we start with the men's, kind of go over that one. Uh, Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the women because I had to work late. So I'm going to be piggybacking off of you a lot on that because I'm going to be your favorite thing when it comes to that. And I'm going to be your stat sheet guy. Stat sheet guy. Yeah. But right off the bat, you look at the stat sheet for the men's. And again, I was able to watch that one all the way through. But We were one rebound away from getting out-rebounded by 30 Mm -hmm. against LSU. Um, Points off of turnovers were 20, or second-chance points were 26, I believe was the final stat on that, to our zero. Yeah. And yet we lost. I think we ended
0: up getting one second-chance basket.
1: Did we get one there? Mm -hmm. And we only lost by two points. A lot of the – I mean, it came down to the final shot, too – a little questionable play call on that final shot. My thinking, I uh, haven't got to talk to you about this, but I feel like you dribble the ball down the court, get to half court, and call another timeout. You had like 10 seconds left there at 9, I think. Well, there. that means that you don't use the one that he used. Well, we had one to spare there at the end. No, well, we used them all. Did we use all those? I thought we had yeah. one more there. No, he took one to get to half. Oh, well. Yeah. Okay, well, then just don't <laughs> worry about what I said. I, I could have sworn it's show that we still had one there, and I was kind of confused. No, because people were losing to... their mind because
0: Muscleman was actually using timeouts.
1: Yeah, I mean, he definitely, he's kind of progressed in that once we've entered league play a little bit more. But um, anyway, my That was all going to was...
0: come out in the wash eventually. Like, when, when folks early on in the season were talking about the timeout usage and everything of that sort, it's like, it's eventually going to get to games where he's going to have to and be a little bit. And he did. He, I think he coached this game as well as he could with what was happening.
1: Yeah, and The you shots know, weren't
0: falling for us for the most part in the first half. For Joe specifically. And then obviously getting out-rebounded. Again, not surprised that we're getting out-rebounded. No. People are going to sit there and be like, they think that it's – no, it's
1: not that. It's
0: how much. We were getting out rebounded
1: right yeah and um for the most part though uh I think the biggest discrepancy between the men's and women's like you said a lot of similarities in size and you know we're gonna get out rebounded a lot but the men i'd say just from watching maybe with the exception of joe the men crash the boards pretty well like all of them all five guys on the court unless Joe's there and he he doesn't you know he doesn't get after it as much I mean he, he can get some rebounds but um, the last game it shows you got three, but um, Bailey, I want to talk about Bailey real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Docks made a comment last night about uh, at this point the Razorbacks aren't twelve and one without Bailey on the court, and I believe that completely. That dude is a dog. Like he will do. He's almost a Swiss Army knife. I mean, he can take some threes. He's not automatic, of course, but He's got a pretty good inside game. He's constantly going after the boards, constantly trying to block shots, successful in a few. It's um, it's um, He got four last game. I mean, dude's just a baller. And credit to Mr. Dillon. I gave you a shout-out last recording. I'm going to do it again. You've been waiting on this from Bailey. You knew what he had. Um, don't really want to take a shot at Anderson, but maybe Anderson wasn't coaching him right, or maybe just the energy Musselman brings. Gets Bailey juiced up a little bit more than Anderson. I don't know what it is, but he is all over the court, and I love watching him play. He is constantly working, constantly moving, constantly screening. Just hell of a basketball player.
0: He plays a uh, you know above his size.
1: Yeah, and very long with his with his vertical. Yeah, and he
0: he's gonna be one of those guys that fill up a stat sheet and. It might not be a triple-double, but he's going to be flirting with it sometimes. And mm-hmm. you could almost say that with this one. You know, I don't know. It's one of those deals where, like, I really like Bailey and Sills games.
1: With, hey, you remember the guy that said Sills is hurting us? Yeah. What's that? Remember that guy?
0: Yeah. Well, I think it was more or less because he takes threes. But he gets open looks, and you can't fault a guy for taking them. got like, take them. Obviously, the scouting report is let him take the shot, but... He will get one of those. He's twenty two percent on the year. Yep. It's not the worst
1: guy that we've seen try to take threes. So, yeah, exactly. And like you said, I think that's one of the like you got to take those shots, like you said. And also, I think that's kind of what not just uh, our team but today's game likes is you can get into an offense where the coach gives you a little bit more freedom. It's still structured, but if you have those looks, take them mm-hmm. and. You know, the old cliche, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So, um, I mean, the fact that he is 22% on the year, 21, whatever it is, and he um, still doesn't have to feel like he's looking over his shoulder when he takes those shots, what's wrong with it? I mean, I say he might have taken more than he should have last night. He took six of them, but still, he's not going to get benched. He's still going to get his playing time, and one of them fell last night. So yep. that's three points on the board that helped us get as close as we were.
0: Was it a game-tying? It was definitely a big bucket, but that play they drew up with Wit to get where you know, get him at the foul line, get him at 15 feet out, mm-hmm. and let him take that jumper. And it was, it was before Mason Jones fouled out, so it was obviously, I think, north of a minute. And they basically used Mason Jones as a giant decoy on the drive. And had the back door cut. Yep, with a wit to elevate there. That was beautiful, and we haven't seen that in a long time.
1: No set plays have not been our uh, forte over the past couple of years. I uh, believe we talked about that some on our. You know, we're pushing a year doing this now, and some of the earlier ones we talked about that a lot. Uh, I think that wit was four for four at 1.5 for five from that elbow shot. I mean, that's a moneymaker. It is insane. I mean, that's, that's almost Dirk's fade away from the baseline. Like you, that's a point when the other four guys can start going to the other side. And like, yep. we ain't got to worry about a rebound. And, uh, wits come into his own and, um, <clears throat> big, big part of this offense now. And, but you can't have Jones fouling out. Yep. I think the one that got him, It was a little ticky-tacky.
0: Definitely was. I don't think there's I mean, at that point in the game, I don't think you call that.
1: I don't want to get on here
0: after every loss. I don't – no, you can't get out-rebounded. That's why we didn't – you know, there's plenty of folks out there that are going to, you know, SEC officiating because they're dumb enough to have their own Twitter. (laughs) And that's that's not what it is here. Like, yes, there was some bad calls. It it
1: contributed, but it's not, at the end of the day – you get you give up twenty six second chance shots. Those twenty-six are also twenty six rebounds mm-hmm. that you did not get. And yeah, I mean, it contributed because of us giving that up, but it uh it wasn't like if we take away twelve of those rebounds, we win the game. Now you know?
0: <laughs> what do you think of uh Musselman's comments afterwards? He mentions the rebounding uh discrepancy, but he also mentions a technical foul from Reggie Teeny.
1: Yeah. Um He he straight
0: put that guy in the doghouse real quick, didn't he? Back
1: in the doghouse, it sounds like. And he didn't come back on the court. Nope. After that. Well, and, he was
0: playing uh, with four fouls, but he wasn't yeah. playing. I mean he it, it's came hard to He came back from ahead. half and he was in his warmups and those yeah. weren't coming off again.
1: Something's there. I mean, everybody else is jiving with muscle men, loving the guy. Something with Cheney and Musselman just isn't. We can't really speculate. That's, I mean, that's kind of what we're here to do, you know. But I don't want to sit here and say it's a, it's an academic thing. I want to sit here and say it's a, um, or what you said the other day is it a? Now uh, help me out here. Um, I say a lot uh, of things a lot of <laughs> times. Basically, not acting right. There's there's a term for it, but team team rules or whatever, yeah, team violation, team violation, rule violation. violations yeah. and stuff. Um, it's hard to say, but. I will say, out of all the players on the team, Cheney is the one that is not playing better than he was last year. All right. So, style yep. of play might not be working for him. We might see him in the transfer portal after it's all said and done, which is sad because I think he could help us with that size discrepancy that we're going to be facing the rest of the way, and it's it's unfortunate. But maybe come back, have a conversation after last night, see what – See what they can figure out. Maybe they don't. Maybe it doesn't. Nothing changes. But I feel like Cheney could be a very big contributor with the way this offense is um, organized.
0: One guy that I'm just kind of surprised we haven't seen more of because it seems like we've seen. Let me guess. A few sparks. So go ahead. Henderson. Yeah, Ethan Henderson. Just in terms of we need some length on the court. Another guy is Bell.
1: He won't. He won't get pushed around. So, I feel like Bell, and again, completely guessing here. I feel like Bell's probably a conditioning thing.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, it's gonna he's gonna have to get worked into a different, and so it's gonna take a few games, but eventually, you know, you've got Bailey. That's only he only went twenty nine minutes in terms of, uh, I mean, out of the starters, that was the lowest. So he, he right before we got Bailey, on,
1: there was actually a, a article talking about trying to find Bailey's replacement i didn't get to click on i don't know if you read that today at any point but you need to find somebody and i feel like henderson's the guy like you said i feel like he's the one that can
0: he can grow into that if he sticks around um with the recruiting class that we've got coming in it's gonna be interesting yep. where he plays into it definitely be looking at it right now would be a role guy but, but you that, you feel like cool. if if bailey if you're Doing 29 minutes, you can spell him for a little bit. I mean, I think Henderson did come in for maybe one minute or two minutes. And I feel like you can maybe even use Bell in there, especially when you're getting out-rebounded like you were.
1: And I bet you, though, I bet you Bell is someone that Musselman is looking at now because we're not going to be able to survive. We have the talent to obviously prove by the score here. We can survive being out-rebounded, and Musselman's probably – as analytical as that guy is, he probably game plans knowing we will be out rebounded by 10 or so. I don't think he was looking at almost 30, but um, yeah, I mean, you can work Bell in for a few minutes in a game,
0: but Joe's got to be hitting. I mean, that's the thing. The shots have to be falling. If you're going to play, if you're going to get out rebounded like this,
1: I, I kind of agree, but what coming on the way is you now have three really big scoring threats. So if you can get those rebounds down a little bit by how much you're getting out-rebounded, which is what you're talking about with working Bell and Henderson in, and you can have at least two of your three main scorers scoring, I think we can win. LSU's no slouch. I mean, they're a good team. They're Are they going to be the best team we face this year? I don't know. Probably not. But um, typically I would agree with you with the Joe thing. It would always be nice if Joe doesn't have an off night, but proof by last year when Joe's cold, he's cold. Mm-hmm. And, this was one of those nights. He ended up finally making two threes. Um I think he only had one at half, right? There towards closer towards the end of it. Yeah. But um I I don't yes, in a game like this, if he you're didn't getting have, out
0: of, he didn't have a three in the first half. He,
1: he didn't, didn't have one. He
0: didn't have a point in the
1: first half. Okay. So that must have been right at the second, but if if you're going to get out rebounded by 30, yes, Joe's got to be on. But I think if you can get those down, and again, I trust Musselman to be able to work some sort of scheme to where that can be, you know, kind of played around. Wit's just, I mean, Wit coming on the way he has. I mean, if I was a coach coaching against Wit, I would put like a three-man front right there at the elbow, like at all times. Because, yeah, and just
0: push him to the push him to the perimeter.
1: Yeah. But if you do that, you got the crossing underneath. That's where a big man comes in handy, though, right? And mm-hmm. if you're pushing him to the perimeter, then you can dump it down. But
0: we'd have to have somebody that can finish it and low. So it's obviously dream. a dream, and I don't uh, fault him one bit because he's, you know, doing some work in the NBA. But I, I watch Ortis, yeah. or, I'm sorry, uh, Gafford. Yeah, Gafford watch, yeah, watching this team and just imagining if we could have had Gafford for one more year and he, he would have
1: know, used him a lot better and
0: and Gafford Gafford couldn't have known, you know, you, you didn't really know like at that point where he had to make that decision. You didn't, mm-hmm. you couldn't have made that relationship with Musselman. And, oh, it, it just one of those deals where it's like, this Should've, would be, <laughs> this, this would be one nasty team with Gafford and everybody knows that. I mean, it's not a hot take by any stretch, but
1: yeah. And also Gafford, um, always was kind of hard on him last year. Again, in the earlier shows, uh, his his toughness. I felt like he was a little bit weak. And that seemed to kind of be a trend with our big guys under Anderson. They obviously, Portis, he's decap- decapitating dudes now in the NBA. Portis wasn't that mean when he was here. He had a mean streak, but he wasn't that mean. Now he's almost taking on the role as the bad guy in the league. and um, Knocking out teammates. Yeah. Knocking out, yeah, so... Uh, but gafford's uh freaking hustle was insane that one of the best big moving big men I've seen in quite some time when he was here so yeah you know it's he definitely would have went up
0: he would he definitely would have went up draft boards if absolutely he year. if
1: he stayed healthy and stayed stayed here and stayed healthy absolutely but we're working with what we're working with now um but i've got to touch on uh, that last uh no call deal i mean again you and i haven't got to talk today because you didn't go to work you your day off so i understand the why the hell wasn't it called question and i understand why it wasn't called answer but the calls being called fouls being called leading up to that in the final minute compared to that were nothing
0: i mean that's that uh that referee squad whatever you want to call it that. That crew, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. That crew was consistent. We calling them for LSU. <laughs> so but no,
1: that's serious, though, right? I, I mean, mean, seriously. I mean,
0: they didn't change up how they called the game. So you can't, again, it, you can't let it go down to one shot.
1: But. You can't, but it did, and that one shot was uh, not obviously intended for Sills because uh, Joe's got blocked clean. Nothing there. That was that was a clean block. But um, would it have made a difference? Would Sills have, you know, if it had been to the foul line, would he have made both of them? Who knows or whatever. But that was, I mean, that was a straight mauling, man. I mean, at best, there's some kind of technical there, right? Or flagrant. Uh,
0: you got to make a play on the ball, right? That, that's kind of the big keyword, but I think it, because it was an emphasis last year, it probably would have got called last year because they were... leaning in? Well, they were harping on making a play on the ball so much last year. And now they're kind of like, oh, yeah, they should be used to this now. And (laughs) the other side of it is, I mean, when you're drawing up a play and you don't have Jones because he fouls out, and, you know, double Joe, that's all you got to do. You don't have to worry about anybody else, really.
1: Well, with the two-point game, my thought process was they're working to get it to win. That was my process. Yeah.
0: Well, they already ran that one. They already put that one yeah. in.
1: It. So. Uh, but the biggest question, honestly, um, in all seriousness, is... Yes, Willie Wade is still a piece of Oh, you almost nailed it verbatim. <laughs> it was more of a, how is he still the coach?
0: <laughs> well, That's ultimately where we're going to be at. The SEC just, you know, we're okay with Calpari. We're okay with Willie Wade. We're okay with Bruce Pearl, if as long as the conference gets, you know, gets the bids into the NCAA uh, tournament, they don't care. It's pretty obvious here. They won't
1: like a Willie kind of stress ate a little bit over the past year or too.
0: He ought to. He ought to eat some freaking prison loaf.
1: <laughs> he should be, but he ain't.
0: No, I mean, but, he shouldn't go to jail, but he shouldn't be coaching at LSU.
1: We're just going mean, to be okay. Basically, was embezzling money essentially, in a roundabout way, right? I mean, there
0: there was a bag man, which <laughs> you know, there's there's apparently a few bag men throughout the. So SEC technically right
1: speaking, now. his hands were clean because he had a bag man. Mm-hmm. That was uh, still, I think, one of our better uh, downloaded shows over these. Where we at now? Like sixty whatever. Oh 66, man, sixty six, and uh. It
0: would have been a lot better. This show would have been. I would would have uh, had a lot coming towards old Willie, and uh, it'll probably happen in February because he they gotta come here.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm gonna be in there. My well, bud, my point is my is you gonna be in him Willie, yeah. and that was a uh, fans like that. <laughs> oh, oh Willie.
0: <laughs> well, there's so. there's no better way. I mean, it's easy. He's a sleazeball, ball, and Will doesn't sound sleazy enough. You just throw the old Willie in there, and mm-hmm.
1: yeah. well, hey, I'm, I agree with you. I think I think that's a perfect name for uh, you know, uh, that's a soys ball. Yeah, yeah. I was I'm trying to think of a mafia guy like <laughs> handling the money and stuff, but getting on to the women's side of things, like we said, a lot of similarities with the size discrepancy, but this one. <laughs> This one was exactly a thirty point or a thirty rebound difference there mm-hmm. with uh us getting thirty three and for you mathematicians out there, mathematicians out there, South carolina got sixty three um I didn't get to watch this, so you're you're gonna kind of have to carry it a little bit through this and uh analysis of the game, but the final score looks good eighty two to ninety one playing with uh uh number four team in the country. We played A&M tough, you know, last week, so from what I was hearing through our group chat and then also my dad was texting me, we were down 16 at the half, or at the end of the first quarter. Uh, I think he said 13 at the half, but we brought it down to a nine-point game, and I asked you before we started, was that Carolina backing off, or was that an actual comeback?
0: Oh, no, that was definitely an actual comeback, but. Ultimately, when you have a single player on South Carolina's side that has a stat line that's 19 points and 25 rebounds, that's going to be a tough one. We already mentioned the 63 rebounds that they had. And Dungey in the first half had a rough go. I mean, she, uh, she kept throwing them up. She only had two points. She was 0 for 11 from the field. Those two came from the stripe, and then she was 0 for 3 from 3. And the only bright spot that we had in the first half was Ramirez, who has been extremely consistent these last few games, really has been hitting the stride there. And about halfway through the second, you kind of had the – they started chipping away a little bit and cleaning up the game. Then, you know, some halftime adjustments, but it was just – Honestly a little too late. I think if you uh if you got another ten minutes of play, it's definitely gonna be an interesting game. But that's not how it works. (laughs) You don't get out of time. It's not soccer.
1: So I've got an unpopular opinion here. Yeah, you're gonna say here
0: here it is. I've been waiting on this one. Go (sighs)
1: ahead. Well, so we've had the opportunity and uh thankful for it. You know, we've been been able to sit with media as media members for the ladies game so we've been getting to see a lot of this uh you know in person and uh you know Dungey, for all her accolades well deserved i don't feel like we get a lot of effort out of her on the rebounding game at all almost non-existent um over the past four or five six games and um defense she's she kind of doesn't exist i mean it seems like um one of my least favorite players in the NBA is James Harden, and reason we know being, know who the at,
0: least is. So we'll just... who's that?
1: I, I, don't, I don't. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> um, LG so,
0: is the female James Harden. Okay.
1: Yeah, because the energy is conserved for the offensive side, and you know, for her offensive output, with the exception of this game, you know, it's it's normally big, and most of the press conferences that we sit in all the role players, Toll, Free, Ramirez, and all them, excuse me, they are talking about, you know, we got, we know we got to pick up the slack because they're doubling and tripling, triple teaming um, Dungy, which is great. But in my opinion, that is relieving Dungy from some of the physical exertion on the offensive side because she's, for the most part, being taken out. So why don't you kind of focus some of that on the defensive side or for offensive rebounds. And uh, <clears throat> when shots go up from our side, you've got Tollfree, who is out rebounding Dungy. And I just don't feel like that should be how it is. Tollfree is freaking five foot nothing. And she works. I mean, she works her ass off. And definitely picked up her offensive game, talking about Tollfree. But Tollfree also getting it on the defensive side. Ramirez is getting it on the defensive side. Daniels, you know, all them. I just don't feel like Dungy's contributing much in that aspect. And I understand she plays a lot of minutes, and that's that's a big deal. And maybe that's – you know, maybe Neighbors is fine with that. um, But the old-school basketball guy in me, I, I think what makes a great basketball player is an all-around basketball player. And – like I said, probably an unpopular opinion. Which is so funny
0: because you hate LeBron James, and he's probably the greatest all-around player to ever play.
1: Yeah, but his mouth is bigger than his game. <laughs> so, Me. Maybe. Uh, Maybe.
0: But with Dungy, and especially when it comes to the rebounding side and on the guard side of things, they typically are leaking out. I mean, offensive boards from the guards aren't what they're – Told to do, you know. You'll see Ramirez for one is probably the you know she's probably on scout tape, uh, scouting reports as a cherry picker because yep. she is definitely the first one back down the court. But that's obviously what she's being told to do.
1: Well, the A and M game, we you were have at, uh... to
0: without how much the game has been to stretched out. You have to get back there because you know they're doing transition threes nowadays and. You've got to get to that line quick, quick, quick. And oh well, it's the uh, analytical side that's changing the game because folks are rather do that rather leak out. Rebounding isn't sexy anymore.
1: I love it. Uh, Ramirez was at the A and M game last week. Was at a spot maybe four feet or so above the free throw line when the shot went up and booked it, and the ball landed right there. Mm-hmm. Like that's where it was. Um, I know back in my day, we had a designator designated get back. guy, And typically you're quicker one, you know, that can kind of cover a whole court by themselves. And that's fine. I mean, you're, you're probably right with analytics, especially, um, I feel like we've got two coaches in the men and women's that are probably some of the biggest analytic guys out there in the game right now. And I trust them. I'm not sitting here saying the coaching isn't right or is wrong or is right or whatever, but especially, especially when you know going into a game, you're going to be outmatched on the boards. I think the effort needs to be made more in my opinion. I'm not an analytics guy. I haven't looked at it, but there have been occasions more, more so than not where if we stay put, if we block out, if we make a play at the ball, we can get it. and, I don't I don't think Tollfree, who gets, I'd say probably averaging around four to six rebounds a game, I don't think that should be a stat. If you're going to have someone peeling out, as you said, I think it should be Tollfree. Instead, she's getting her butt kicked down low fighting for the ball. When, so.
0: I don't know, like uh, when you're sitting there on the offensive side, especially with you, how the South Carolina game on the women's side and how the LSU game went for the men's side, it was almost especially on the LSU side; they didn't give a crap what they were throwing up because they knew they were going to get second chance points. Because we weren't, we weren't going to get around them because we really couldn't get that positioning. And you're not going to, you know, here's here's a deal. I might break some news to you: there is no over the back call. So
1: I was, I was kind of, I was fixing to hit on that too. So, I mean, I
0: hear that you you don't want to be those people. I hear it a lot. You know, typically, if you, know, you go watch a game at like Buffalo Wild Wings or even in the crowd or something, there's always tends to be one or two guys that are going to sit there and be like, that's
1: over the back, that's over the back.
0: There's nothing in a rule book that says anything about over the back. That's not a, not a foul. Well,
1: it, it is when you're literally over the back. No, there's literally no over the back. That's a foul though. I mean, if you're, if you're on someone's back and you move their position, that's a foul. You're, by the wording over the back, no, that's not a foul. Like if you jump, if you both jump straight up and you're not literally over the back, touching the other player, moving their position, that is not a foul. But when you're over the back, leaning over, moving their position, that is a foul. And that's, that's missed a lot in today's game. It used to be called a hell of a lot more. And it might be what you said. It might be the analytics change the game. It's just not as important anymore. But, um, Again, didn't get to watch this, well, this the, game, but last re- night it was bad.
0: On the ref side of things when it comes to it, because analytics don't really obviously play when it comes to refs, but what has hurt ref I know, performance, that's the word, uh, the ref's performance is the fact that they have points of emphasis. So it's like you're going to have a whole rule book, but we're going to concentrate on these you know, two or three things that were brought up to us in the off season, and that's mm. what we're going to be really hampering or hammering down on on the, you know, first few games or first few months of the season. And then they, you know, I've never liked that. And it happens to all the sports is that you'll – The catch. you'll <laughs> You'll start out a season, and you're like, okay. And then about, you know, 30% through the season, whatever the sport is, the officiating changes, you know. Typically people, you know, oh, they get into conference play, and then it's SEC officiating. It's not that. Like, we know SEC officiating, especially on the football side of things, has been bad, but it's across the board at all levels. The officiating isn't up to snuff. And it just kind of changes, like I said, through the season, and it doesn't make sense. Like you either come in with that emphasis and you have it all the way through. I think you know, um, NFL recent memory is the players coming down on the weight. You know, uh, with a quarterback, yeah, on a quarterback. So if they bring their whole weight down, and so they, you had guys trying to do these awkward maneuvers to get off of the quarterback while still tackling them and landing on themselves. It didn't necessarily seem like the safest route. Because the most natural deal is just to let gravity work for you. Mm -hmm. But that was a big thing in the NFL. They were like, you know, quit doing this, quit doing this, quit doing this. And then, you know, you just, you know, the precedent is set about four or five weeks into the season. You're like, oh, well, you know, Clay Matthews can't tackle anybody, he's going to get a personal foul on him. Mm -hmm. And then we just stop.
1: (laughs) I think. I think the idea of um, pointing out certain things. Uh, I like that flopping is now. Uh, what is flopping in the basketball? It's just a change of possession, unsportsmanlike, something like that. Um, it's not legal. Yeah, um, I don't
0: know. Did they chalk it up to a T? I feel like it's been. It
1: might be a technical, technical yeah. Enough. But um, and then Harden's. Trademark move that's carried over into all levels of basketball, which makes me sick, is the drawing contact. Mm-hmm. Drawing contact's not new, but when you're stepping underneath a defensive player while while they're jumping, that's not only dangerous but it's a move. Yeah, and they've kind of—I don't know if that's a, um, yeah, that that's a technical too. So you're referring to out,
0: the, you're you're referring to essentially his like kick in. He's as kicking I would say. out.
1: Yeah, no. kicking in, out, whatever. Yeah, he's he's bringing his legs in an unnatural movement underneath the defender. I, I think it's a good idea, and that's kind of why they have those offseason meetings. Like, point this out, point that out, but don't emphasize it. Don't waste your eyes on everything else that's happening on the court. And, again, I don't think you nor I are kind of we're, – we're not excusing the losses because of officiating. But there's – and I didn't even see this game tonight, but – it. it referees in the sec and all you know all uh sports are notoriously crap they're uh they do affect the outcomes of games more than they should more than what their role is
0: that's the saints
1: yeah exactly and you know it's anyway this all started from the over the back deal but um all said and done we can't can't win games by getting out rebounded you know by 30 and did they happen to – or do you happen to know the stat of their second chance? Because if they had 30 rebounds on us, it had to have been –
0: They had 29 second chance points to our 11.
1: Oh, hey, at least we didn't get skunked on the women's side of things. Hmm. But 29, and you you could do some kind of quick math, but you can say that they basically hit 30, 35% of their second chance – their rebounds out of those, you know, out of those 30 rebounds that they got on us. It's just – it's not – not good it's and both coaches know that that's what they're going in with and i believe both coaches have the ability to coach themselves around that um honestly though trying not to be too hard on her but some they need to have a pep talk with oh chelsea like you you need chelsea's effort and again she plays a lot of minutes like a lot of minutes she doesn't normally sit on the bench very long but you've got to be able to get that energy on both sides of the court.
0: That's definitely unpopular opinion. I'll just say that one.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I mean
0: you're you're not going to win a game in the first half when you're shooting twenty two percent.
1: It's
0: not going to do it. So um, they've got plenty to look at in this game, and I think the turnaround was impressive. And they didn't give up at all in terms of that that whole team collectively. It just took a little bit because. You know, we're sitting here talking about Dungy, but I think Tolfrey finished with twenty-two points, and at halftime she was she had two points as well. So I mean it was a collective effort in the you know first half of being pretty bad. I mean yeah. there's no and way see to, the you got cut right through. It. it was it was a bad outing that first half, and they cleaned it up, and they wish they had a you know another half to play.
1: Yeah, in the A and M game, they came out. Uh, we I keep referring to that because we've not recorded since we were there, but uh, we recorded right before we went there. But the um, the first quarter for them was god awful, and I think uh, they came back and ended up shooting somewhere around sixty percent that second quarter, which got them back. And then also in the third, they came out hot. So adjustments are definitely something that they're they're capable of. They're pretty consistent at and. We knew this though. We talked about it. I mean, for both teams, men and women getting into sec play is when we're kind of going to get to see who they really are. Not that they don't deserve to be ranked or anything like that, but you know, neighbors took over a pretty awful team. Musclemen took over a pretty mediocre team and they're both. It was neighbors in his third year. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's pulling in some good recruits and things to come and, uh, we know musselman has got us. I think the latest thing is seventh overall recruiting class coming in next year, fifth overall, something like that. Yeah, and uh, so, just you know, survive this year. We can. I think we can make a pretty decent run with both teams into the tournament. And there's going to be a lot of a uh, lot of uh, shows that we're going to do where we we talk about we're getting out rebounded and stuff like that. So that's just kind of where we're at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Some of these games are going to be a lot of copy and paste in terms of what we saw. But ultimately, the future is bright with both of these programs, Mm -hmm. and you want to support both of these programs. We haven't been able to talk about it, but to just kind of put a bow on it, going back to the men's game, um, folks that were trying to spark the Little Rock-Northwest Arkansas debate again. Because they want to talk that the cloud the crowd was more ruckus when they were in North Little Rock than the Bud Walton game. What do you think of that?
1: Um, is this the? Uh... These
0: are the people that were sitting on their ass at the house complaining yeah. about
1: it. Yeah,
0: that's really irritating um, to me because so there's this... there's a whole lot of things that come into play with that. You know, you don't know if TV is turning down the crowd mics because there are crowd mics. Like, you're just gonna have Well they gotta that.
1: be able to hear the announcers. Yeah. That's so, that's why they exist. And
0: if you actually listen to the announcers, which I tend to not actually do, but the in terms of the audio for the announcers, it was all over the place. There was a good three or four minute stretch where I can't remember who it was, but they were talking real slow or not, not they weren't it wasn't them talking quiet. They were coming they, across they, they the were way. coming in so much quiet and then they cranked it up right in the middle typically when that is you just kind of wait for a commercial and then you're going to raise their levels so that it doesn't happen in the middle of a sentence
1: so my my opinion on that uh producer here just said have those people ever been to been to bud walden you cannot have uh i think we hit somewhere around and if if i'm if i know the game you're referring to was uh was uh, their A and M game correct? Yeah, it yeah, was A and M. It was our SEC opener. It was opener. nineteen thousand six hundred and some change. Mm-hmm. You can get Bud Walton, and this is one of the best things about Bud Walton. You can get twenty thousand people in that place just talking, yeah. and it's going to be loud. You're not going to sit here and tell me that the SEC opener with nineteen thousand six hundred some odd people isn't loud, especially when you said, like you said, you're sitting at the house on the couch. Nothing wrong with that. I have no issues with that. That's how the majority of my watching for the men's is going to play out this year just because of work and stuff. That's fine, but don't sit there and dog the people and Bud, when, Bud Walton when there's almost 20,000 people and they're in an SEC game.
0: Yep. SEC uh, opener. And, muscle, uh, man,
1: muscle mania is a legitimate thing. <laughs> it's very much similar to TDS. I'm not going to tell you what that means. If you know, you know, but it is a real thing. And we've been to plenty of games, even the women's. They said something, the A&M game we went to, uh, neighbors said something like it was 4,000 people, but anywhere else they would say that that was 8,000 or 9,000. But those 4,000 peoples, there was times when we couldn't hear each other talk when we were sitting right by each other. Yep. So, again, you're not going to tell me 20,000 people isn't loud. Just don't. Stop. Just There's no central Arkansas, northwest Arkansas debate you can have those debates. I don't agree with them when it comes to football because there's been some pretty badass things happening, and in Little Rock in Northwest Arkansas, as far as Donald W. and all that. But you can't beat the Bud. You just can't. Ninety percent of the the uh, uh, announcers that come, you got Dick Vitale who's looking forward to coming to the K- Kentucky game because of how much he loves the Bud Walton atmosphere. Yeah. So, like you said, the crowd mics exist you never get the full experience when you're watching it on TV anyway. So, no, I don't, I don't.
0: The pace of the game, too, just kind of didn't warrant it. Like, I understand, you know, in theory you would want them to scream nonstop from tip to buzzer. And there's just a lot of stuff that kind of just changes the momentum of it. I mean.
1: Yeah, I mean, you get, you get, you get Jones going down the court, hits a three. Offense goes back down, misses one. Jones comes back up the court, dishes it, the Joe hits a three. They go back down, miss, come back, and then Witt hits one at fifteen fifteen feet, that place is gonna be nuts. But as soon as the the other team scores a point, it kills it. That's just how it is. That's how it is. Every every sport there is, it's ebb and flow. Yep. So
0: Well, and then you have the other stuff that's built into it. The commercial breaks and you also have the reviews. I mean, granted in basketball, they're not nearly as long. The reviews, but still, right. those are things that affect it. And you have lazy boy shots from the free throw line, and throwing, you know, French fries and everything.
1: so Yeah, and you're you're talking about the commercial that in the stadium, it's media timeout, yeah. right? Like you can have a thing going, ball gets kicked out of bounds. Oh, hard stop. Got to go to commercial break, media timeout, and that does kill it. I mean, it's it's I hate when people talk. I mean, that's that was one of our biggest selling. We're sold out, first of all the end of time on Saturday games. So, I mean, if if you want to make a difference, if you want to be loud, go to the damn game. My
0: my biggest thing, you don't know what the audio mix is, and also if you feel like we are uh, getting hated on in terms of from the media and SEC Network and all this kind of stuff. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the mix is turned down. Like, <laughs> right? I mean, I come mean, on, conspiracy, you mean, right? You're gonna know, you put that tinfoil hat on, wear it, make sure it's snug.
1: Yeah. So, uh, also basketball related, uh, hit me with that, with that shovel. Oh gosh.
0: I think it's this one.
1: Twitter <laughs> dirt. It's been a while. Yeah. Right. So, um, and I actually wasn't looking for this, but, um, given how the LSU game played out, uh, there were some questionable things going on. We talked about it or whatever. We hate LSU no matter what sport it's in. Like it just, you don't like them, but there was a guy who has a um, parody account for uh, Hunter Yurichek. And I think we've actually even said something about him. Ah, yeah, funny yeah, one. yeah, yeah, But he came out and uh, said on a article that was written about the officiating, or a take that was written about the officiating, and responded with, they deserved Katrina. And that's garbage. Katrina was a very, very, very bad... Natural disaster, lives were lost, families ruined. Uh, Parts of Louisiana is still recovering from that, and that was, what, 15 years ago or something like that now? It's been a long time. And there's no place for that. And the reason, aside from just the fact that that's terrible and you just don't say things like that, again, it goes back to families of recruits on Twitter uh coaches on twitter you know we've been doing a lot of coaching searches and hires and stuff you that single thing could prevent the best recruit in the nation coming here that single comment right there like what the hell is wrong with those people in arkansas and i feel like that goes across the board it could have been from anywhere and somebody reads that me personally uh, i've got two daughters if you know neighbors are still here and you know I'm gonna produce some basketball badasses, let's just face it. And you know, if someone says something like that for another team that she's interested in, I'm like, No. That that's you don't wanna play for a fan base like that.
0: You're gonna you're gonna let one fan keep you keep you away from it.
1: Yeah, because where there's one, there's five more. Those people have friends. And you're gonna let
0: one fan that's hiding behind a Twitter profile. Yeah. It's one thing.
1: I I mean, with with something like that, that's terrible, dude. That's not fire musclemen or fire whatever. That's that's basically saying they deserved for people to die in their state because they're LSU. That's garbage, man.
0: I mean, yeah, it's it's an awful take and everything of that nature. I mean, it shouldn't be. It's not. It's not a take. It's it's a terrible statement overall, and it's not too surprising. You know, you're relatively. New into the deep diving of Twitter and the Twitter dirting and digging Mm -hmm. so that stuff is happening right now every second on Twitter horrible unspeakable things happening on Twitter right now and that is simply because people can hide behind either a egg because they don't even want to have a profile picture or they can hide behind a parody account just because you're trying to be funny and you say it's a parody account doesn't mean you can say stuff that's that god awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you still are a person that are t- is typing that either on your phone or on on the keyboard. Someone mm-hmm. is doing that, so it has to go through a brain at one point. But ultimately, that's what you know. Keyboard commanders or what's our boy Leo said? I think yeah.
1: Keyboard warriors.
0: Well, I call them keyboard warriors. He uh calls them. Oh, Leo. G- yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Keyboard yeah. commandos, I think. But ultimately, they can hide behind that, so it's not gonna stop, and it probably would just get worse.
1: Which is very very sad. Yeah. But in other news, Mississippi State actually came out looking. We're moving on to football. Yeah, came yeah out yeah, yeah. Looking uh a little better than we expected.
0: Yeah, they hired themselves a six and six pack twelve coach.
1: Yeah. Um so that, the That lost build-ish. at yeah.
0: that, that lost at Air Force, but you know.
1: Well, because he was working the paperwork, man. No. I'm in uh, high. I will say as far as name hires go, which we made very clear during the coaching search, that's you know, we want a name but we don't have to have just a name. And we prove that by how much we love the Pittman hire. But um given the timing of the letting Moorhead go, and who they were able to get, I've got to throw out a touche. Um, If Arkansas did that, I wouldn't like it. But the fact that they were able to hire Mike Leach in under a week at the timing of the firing, I, I don't think that's awful. Now, do I think that he's going to be a threat to us? No. but It's going to
0: take a little bit to get an air raid there.
1: It's going to take him a bit. Well, he has no quarterback, so that's yeah. that's one thing. But um, I mean, SEC which,
0: Media Days are gonna be rocking. Like it's already a boring event already, but this year's SEC Media Days is gonna be top notch. Like East Coach, mine might as well not even show up. Just leave it to the SEC who's, West. Who's the
1: most fun East Coach or most verbal? Is it?
0: Well, I mean, you got Eli Drinkwitz who probably won't even know when to show up because he'd be at the he, Sunbelt. He's going to
1: still have his damn Sunbelt cue cards with him. <laughs>
0: He'll be at the Sunbelt. Uh, Man, it's crazy days. how
1: quick you realize that wasn't good. <laughs> it's like, like you wanted him, Drinkwitz, and that first presser, presser you're like, well, bullet dodged. <laughs> 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 That's okay. I wanted him um, in
0: some role. Just to kind of see.
1: His his name is, is, is escaping me like crazy. Uh Vanderbilt's coach. Derek Mason? Mason. He's probably the most fiery guy they got as far as just interesting interviews and stuff.
0: Kirby's not gonna light it up. Uh Kirby won't
1: do nothing. Bruit Bruit's you know, basically
0: Saban. if you're you know, split off of that Saban deal, you can't say words. Um
1: <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That's that's about it. So, but on the west,
0: muscleman it, or not muscleman, man, Muschamp, uh, champ, kinda. Yeah,
1: he's you know, kind of a little. I'm goofy surprised. Sometimes I'm surprised
0: he's held on. Honestly, so, at Florida? No, he's at uh.
1: Oh, Mush champ, Jesus, Muschamp, South Carolina, South yeah, South yeah, Carolina. yeah. But he was, was at thinking, Florida.
0: I'll give you that. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I was thinking of um. And then Mullen, you know, I don't get yeah. Mullen. He's kind of goofy. Mullen's kind of goofy. But he's anyway, a, we're looking at Mike Leach now. Talking about Lane the Kiffin. West. Yeah. yeah. Lane Kiffin, Saban, whatever. Gus, he's always talking to somebody. Ed Orgeron. And Drinkwitz. So I feel like Pittman and Orgeron are going to get along swell.
0: There's a lot of people that were just like, you know, we saw one tweet going around that said something like, this is the SEC West coaches, and then there's Sam Pittman. Like, people are wanting to on Sam Pittman. And then it's like, good luck, Arkansas, I think is how they ended it up. And it's like, really?
1: That's fine. They so, don't know so, what I'm talking about.
0: So Mike Leach is going to go in there and turn around. I mean, freaking Joe Moorhead was 6-6 six and six in the SEC. Mississippi
1: it. State's now a winnable game because of this hire.
0: Oh, absolutely. It was when he got fired. It was when Joe Moorhead was still there. I think it was winnable game. So.
1: Well, okay, so I'm saying Mississippi State should be a win now.
0: Oh, should be a win. Right,
1: because much or uh uh Leach is taken over. I mean, this is a Bielema to Morris type change that he's fixing to have to pull. Well, yeah, you're kind of. But I'm saying they're a power run team. They're yeah. not a they're not a freaking air raid team like Leach is going to try to implement. And like I said, no quarterback. So I feel like that's I feel like we got to legitimate shot now at that game.
0: Sometimes I shouldn't look at the chat. Why is that? We got Homer producer Luke chiming in on the West. The only ones will lose is Saban and
1: Farmer O. Ugh. Well, that's wrong. <laughs> but like your like your optimism. Mailbag hey. So I get to We we only got one bowl game left. We do. And I uh not gonna lie, uh, Andy, I'm gonna go on ahead and pull that up because he, he took the wind out of myself a little bit. Cause <laughs> so New Year's Day kicked my ass on not because I was hungover, but because the bowl games I picked. I think I dropped like freaking six between New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Yeah. Andy shot above me and shout out to Dalton too. He, uh, he jumped up there and was making moves. And I think, um, Hamilton. Hamilton was up there too, yeah, and so it, basically uh, we were neck and neck, and then I think Andy jumped ahead of me by like two games or something, and then it came down to Miami of Ohio and Louisiana, and I'll be damned, if Miami Ohio didn't take care of business for me. So
0: the beauty not, of bowl pick'em games is right? that not the national championship, not what we got <laughs> coming up Monday, this one.
1: I told uh, told my fiance, I was like yelling and like, I can't let Andy win. I've got to be able to get on the show and talk to Andy. And then that game ended and Andy said the nicest thing to me that he's ever said in his <laughs> life. <laughs> Says, "Uh, congratulations, Jordan. Good call on the games. Bill Napier is gutless to let that Ohio team stick around like that. Glad Arkansas never looked at him to come here. What really got me was the idiot coach in Indiana not having his team ready for the obvious onside kick coming in there. Game that let Tennessee come back and win. That's the game that cost me winning this year. Now, Dylan, you can't go changing the format next year. The only fair way to do bowl picks is against the spread. Confidence picks are for wussies. And then finishes it with congratulations again, Jordan. So, Andy, I'm not going to lie, you're the bigger man here. <laughs> I, uh, I was going to come in talking shit. <laughs> Uh, mainly cause you jumped on early about getting that trophy ready, but, uh, it was fun. We went back and forth, uh, probably the most fun I've had, obviously, honestly, with Bull Pickham's 'cause cause Andy got in, um, Hamilton, i his first name is his name, Andy? I feel like his name is Andy. Oh, his Hamilton. first
0: name's Hamilton.
1: His first name? Hamilton Holmes. <laughs> Hamilton Holmes. That's, that's <laughs> what it is. Um, Dalton snuck in there. I didn't realize it was Dalton until like a week left. Yeah. And, um, you know, everybody that joined us, we appreciate it. But it another chance coming up, we gonna have yeah.
0: another, uh, I don't know, I don't know, head to head, whatever we want to call it, competition. Who knows? Uh, March Madness, obviously, March you know, Madness, we got yep. filled them brackets out, and we're definitely gonna have a show March Madness challenge,
1: yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure we can count on Andy and hopefully everybody else joining us. But uh, thanks, Andy, for the congratulations. Like I said, you're a bigger man. I'm not even gonna lie, that you were the one I was looking forward to to talking some shit with, but uh, yeah, we had a good time, and uh, like you said, we get to do the we're gonna do the March Madness. That one is insane. Um, over the past years, me and Dylan's brackets normally die around the Sweet 16, round to 32, something like that. Uh, if if Arkansas gets in the tournament this year, Dylan's brackets done after the first round. Because he just can't pick against them Yeah. Over
0: As long as uh, as long as North Carolina's not on our side, <laughs> right? I think we still get that juju going.
1: But. I've tried to uh I've tried listeners, uh, I've tried to when it comes to anything picking wise, uh I've tried to get Dylan to understand it doesn't make him less of an Arkansas fan if he doesn't pick Arkansas on something, but he won't grasp onto that concept. No.
0: I won't. I I can't write that out. If there's Arkansas well, on the top line, it's text. Yeah, if there's Arkansas on the top line, I can't I can't write that. Whoever's on the bottom line.
1: You can't you can't drop down by that box and click well, Wichita State, huh? We'll pick Tui all the way, man. Uh, well, I mean, I'm there with you, but I like to win. So. All right. Fair enough. For the
0: JRD Hogcasts, I'm Dylan Lee.
1: I'm Jordan Russell, and I just want to say something uh, thoughts and prayers with the families of the uh, servicemen and women out there. Things are getting a little hairy, and uh, wish y'all a safe trip home. Well, we'll have to follow that up, but shout out
0: to <laughs> producer Luke for all he does, and you can join the action by hitting us up, text, or call. It's 479 308 8605. We are self funded as well, so you can hit. Hit up the uh, merch at jrdhogcast.com. Until next time, woo pigs. You'll see a little pride on my face. Cause I got season tickets to the best seats in this place. And when my team takes the field, I won't cut you any slack. I'll be cheering like a school girl.